Hello everybody, welcome to the Tuesday Toolbox meeting of adult children of alcoholics in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn. My name is Anne, I'm a Tuesday Toolbox member and an adult child. We're recording our speakers every week because we're hoping others will benefit from hearing these stories from our members. We'd love to hear your comments and questions. Our email address is TuesdayToolboxACA at gmail.com. Also, please take a moment to rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts. It will help other ACAs find the show. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find a meeting to attend, go to adultchildren.org and click on Meetings. This week we're hearing from Allie who talked about the role of prayer in her recovery. Please enjoy. Hi, thank you all. Um, I am Allie, gratefully recovering in this program. Um, Timekeeper, if you will just give me a five and a one, um, that'd be great, thanks. <sighs> um, trying to like get in my body and out of my head right now. I feel very nervous. Um, and I'm having a little imposter syndrome because, to be completely honest, I haven't been working my per program perfectly. And when I was asked to share um, and qualify tonight um, on the tools, it kind of made me realize I haven't been using my tools as much as I was in the past. I'm kind of going through a pretty intense situation right now. Um, that has me mostly living like minute to minute. Um, and so I'm a little overwhelmed and I'll probably gonna be all over the place, but I'm really grateful for this opportunity. Um, and I'm going to speak tonight about the one tool I really have been using, which has become uh, a little bit subconscious and that is prayer. Um, and if that turns people off, please don't leave yet. I was also not really down with the whole like prayer religion vibe when I first joined the program. So, um, just bear with me because I think some, maybe you'll get something out of it. And if you don't, that's cool too. So, um, I'm going to read from, it's in chapter seven. Um, and I'm reading at the bottom of 143. Um, it says, in addition to a deep sense of shame and abandonment, we believe that most of our emotional and mental distress can be traced to our steadfast nature to control. In ACA, we realized that control was the survival trait which kept us safe or alive in our dysfunctional home. We controlled our thoughts, our voices, and many times our posture to escape detection from an abusive partner or caregiver. And by partner, I mean parent. So. There you go, Freudian slip. Um, <laughs> we knew our parents were looking for imaginary cues to criticize us or verbally attack us. As adults, we continue to control ourselves and our relationships in an unhealthy manner. This brings abandonment or predictable turmoil. We make promises to do better, but eventually return to our obsessive need to compulsively arrange, question, worry, dust, wash, lock, unlock, read, or hyper-vigilantly survey our thoughts and actions to feel safe, but it is never enough. Experience shows there is little hope and little spirituality in homes governed by smothering control. By making a decision to turn our will and lives over to the care of God as we understand God, we are actually making two decisions. 
By deciding to ask a higher power for guidance in step three, we are also deciding to back away from control. We are surrendering our plans to run our own lives on self-will. We are asking God for help, which strikes at the heart of our own instinctual reaction to solve problems on our own. The decision we make in step three represents one of our first true choices. So I came into this program about three years ago. Um, I started in Al-Anon. I kind of got my start there through a bad relationship I was in and realized quickly that it wasn't really hitting the spot for me. And so then I found ACA and that's where I've been ever since. Um, and just by way of background, I um, was raised by a single mom. Um, we were raised, I was raised Catholic, so we went to church, but I never really jived with the church situation. For me, it didn't make sense. You know, my mom was, my parents were divorced and my mom was an alcoholic and emotionally abusive, physically abusive. So all around, it just kind of felt like a lot of hypocrisy. Um, and as a kid, um, you know, I went to Sunday school, I went to church every Sunday, um, CCD, which I don't even know what that stands for, what the purpose of that really was. But um, I would pray as a kid a lot um, for help and, you know, love, quite frankly, and I never got it. And so growing up, I kind of like, all right, God's kind of a fraud and I'm not really down with this. Clearly is not listening or she or whoever. Um, and then when I found recovery, um, my relationship with higher power kind of took on um, this act of like surrender. I was at this point where I really like couldn't figure out what to do. Um, I'm a control freak. I'm very type A. Um, I'm pretty intense. And I was like, okay, if I control everything. I fix everything. I do the right stuff. I do what I should do, then things should play out the way they are supposed to. And that really obviously wasn't happening. Um, and so my relationship with higher power came out of like actual desperation. Um, and it has been really strengthened in the past, probably nine months, particularly, you know, during COVID in that I have found myself on numerous occasions, um, due to, you know, things at work or, you know, things, just feelings coming up by doing the work in this program on the ground, like in like a fetal position, crying, just asking for help. And, you know, moments where I'm laying in bed where my brain won't turn off and I'm obsessively thinking about, you know, what I need to do the next day or what I did that day and how I could have done it better, how I would have liked to have a different conversation, how I should have handled myself better. And I've actually found myself at night literally just praying to have whatever is up there take away the thoughts so I can sleep. Like, um, And so the reason I decided to share about this tool tonight is because um, in my perfectionism, you know, I felt like I can't share about my journaling because I haven't really journaled that much this week. And I can't share about my meetings because I haven't been going as much as I should. Um, but this is the one tool that has become like a subconscious thing when I am in moments of like real distress and panic that I am just asking for help. Um, and it's purely because 
no matter how hard I try to control things, you know, the universe throws me curves balls and I really can't, I have no control over a lot of it. Um, you know, my mom is now sober, probably a little bit over 15 years in her, you know, own program. And there are still times where, you know, I personally think it's because she's not an ACA, but we have these moments where I just have to like, like in the moment, I have to be like, please give me patience and let me not react because I have no control over her behavior and her recovery and the way that she chooses to live her life. And that's very frustrating for me still to this day. And the only way I can really get through that kind of stuff with my, you know, with my family um, or my partner is by like just fully turning it over and being like, okay, I surrender. I see that there's nothing I can do. I can scream till I'm blue in the face and I'm not going to get anywhere other than like in my own hole of despair. And so for me, that has been truly um, the main tool I have, you know, been using lately. And a lot of the time for me, prayer ends up kind of, I kind of conflate it um, with the inner loving parent. And so I will ask for help. And then in that same breath, be able to be like, we're okay. We don't have control over this and we're doing the best that we can. And it's okay that it's not. Um, which sometimes comforts me and oftentimes does not, um, to be completely real. Um, you know, this program isn't easy and I professionally work in a field where, um, a lot of my inner trauma, um, and childhood trauma is triggered regularly. I, um, I prosecute child abuse and sex crimes. So as a survivor of sexual assault and as someone that grew up in an abusive home with, you know, my work is incredibly triggering for me. And it is only through like a connection with higher power, I think that I'm able to sometimes do my job on a day to day and, you know, get up every day. And um, right now in particular, I am, um, going through a pretty serious situation um, that is triggering a lot of fear and shame and self-blame. Um, and it is a daily practice. Thank you so much. I see that. Um, for me to kind of just get up and do what I need to do every day, like brush your teeth, maybe brush your hair, maybe don't, but like probably should and like you know do the work that you need to do every day um and it's like honestly I'm even just I'm having this realization sharing right now that I would say probably a year ago I would be beating myself up for even though I'm going through a very intense thing right now um for not journaling every day for not getting to a meeting at least three times a week for not reaching out to other fellows and it is Genuinely, I think because of my connection to higher power and my own inner loving parent that I'm able to be like, you know what, it's okay that we're not doing all that. Like we are doing the best we can. And if that means getting up and finding something to be grateful for 
in that day, like the sun, my cat, you know, a fresh pair of underwear, like, you know, like we're going really basic here, you know? So that is okay for me today. And it is, it wouldn't have been okay a year ago. I don't even know if it would have been okay six months ago. And to be completely honest, some days it's not okay. Um, some days I do find myself hearing that critical parent come up and be like, oh, well, you have been, look at your journal, you haven't journaled. And it's, it's now just through this recovery um, and through working this program as imperfectly as I am um, that I'm able to be like, all right, well, and you know what? That's actually fine. And that was a critical parent moment. And that's okay. We heard it. And we're not going to judge ourselves for leaning into the critical parent or hearing it or, you know, just not being perfect in this moment because I'm human. And each day right now that I, you know, remain connected to myself and I'm able to show myself love um, is quite frankly a miracle for me. I, you know, dealt with suicidal ideations a lot as a child. I still have very intense anxiety that, you know, will leave me literally like I will catch myself digging my nails into my hands. And the fact that I can still show myself love and show up and be imperfect and just honest about it that's for me that's recovery that is what the program is about for me um because you know i've shared with my mom who's in recovery as well what's been going on in my life and she was like well you know don't, i wouldn't tell other people that and don't make it a bigger deal and i'm like i can hear that today and be like all right no thank you this is a big fucking deal and i'm gonna fucking stand up for myself and not hide in the shadows because that's how you wanted me to be and that's how you raised me to be like don't hide don't make a big deal like just go sit in the corner like my posture reading that about the posture in the book I don't think I ever saw that before but I realized like you know my mom to this day tells me I walk like a turtle because I hunch my shoulders and my head sticks out further and we make fun of it and we joke about it but I'm like okay you realize that I realize now that the reason that is is because I was constantly trying to hide um, and to be small, even physically, like I'm, I'm a decently tall person. I'm not like gigantically tall, but like, you know, I'm a taller person. And so I learned early on, okay, like conceal yourself, like hide in your shell, like quite frankly, like a turtle. So, you know, maybe that's not the worst analogy because it kind of works for where we were going, but you know, I'm able to, I'm able, I think that's really it. I think that's what it comes down to for me is I'm able to hear the stuff like, all of the stuff that was going on before I got into recovery, it's still there, you know, like the parents, the crazy, thank you, I see that one minute. Um, the parents, the crazy family dynamics, the other stuff that comes up, like random work issues, things like that, it's all still there. And for me today to be able to ask for help, even if it's not another human being, um, and to show myself love is truly the testament of this program. and. I am incredibly grateful for it. Um, I'm grateful for the chance to share tonight that I was asked. I feel incredibly honored um, to, you know, share this space. And I appreciate everyone holding the space tonight. And I look forward to hearing the shares through the rest of the meeting. So thank you all so much.